If you have a Bible, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, uh, this morning we're reading the first four verses of Matthew chapter 6 as we continue with our series in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. How do we know a true Christian. How do we know a true Christian? Perhaps by the clothes he or she may wear. Maybe, maybe not. Perhaps by the things they listen to. Perhaps the radio station in the car. Every good Christian should have Premier Christian Radio. Perhaps by the books in their house. Um, Every good Christian should have a word for today on display. And of course, every good Baptist should have a copy of Insight Magazine and a copy of Baptist Missions Prayer News. Perhaps by our bank statements, um, monthly outgoings to charities and mission agencies. Or perhaps by our attendance at church meetings. Of course, every good Christian will attend on Sunday mornings and midweeks. One writer says, a man can give every appearance of righteousness and yet not be righteous at all. Perhaps doing all of the things listed and yet not be righteous at all. As you know, Jesus has been teaching us about a righteousness that exceeds the scribes and Pharisees, a kingdom righteousness. We have been challenged these past weeks about heart morality. And now Jesus moves on to teach us and again challenge us about actions or religious practices. In chapter 6, verses 1 to 18, Jesus looks at three religious practices. He looks at giving financially, and praying, and fasting. 
and he shows us what these practices look like in the kingdom of God. These three practices, they were signs of holiness or righteousness. And what we see is that those in the kingdom should practice these different from the religious establishment and different from the Gentiles. John Stott makes an interesting comment on this. He says, um, the fact that Christians are not to conform to the world familiar concept of the New Testament. But, he says, it is not so well known that Jesus saw and also foresaw the worldliness of the church itself and called his followers not to conform to the nominal church either, but rather to a truly Christian community, distinct in its life and practice from the religious establishment. And Jesus' main point of teaching in this section is that those in the kingdom of God, those who are truly his, They do not carry out religious practices to be seen by men, but to be seen by their Father in heaven. Look at verse 1. It tells us just that. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. I think it's helpful to see that Jesus uses the same pattern with each practice to help us understand how those in the kingdom carry out these religious practices. So if you look with me, the first is giving, verse 2. He says, when you give, so the presumption is those in the kingdom will be giving to the needy. So he gives a this, um, sorry, when you give. Yes, so that's the first, the first bit of the pattern. When you give. Um, then he gives the negative. He says, don't do it like the hypocrites. And then with this phrase, truly I said to you, they have received their reward. But, verse 3, when you give, then it's the positive, this is how you should do it. And in the phrase, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And if you look at verse 5, you see exactly the same pattern. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, this is how you should do it. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And we have that example of prayer. And if you look down to verse 16, looking at fasting, again, Jesus says, When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Truly I say to you, they have received their rewards. But when you fast, this is how you should do it. And your Father, 
who sees in secret will reward you. That's what we'll work our way through the next couple of weeks. But before we think further about um, giving to the needy, this first practice that Jesus looks at, I just want to make clear what Jesus is not saying in this section. Jesus is not saying you should never be seen giving money to the needy, or you should never be heard praying in public, or no one should ever know you are fasting. I don't think that's even realistic. But what Jesus is saying is that our motive for giving, our motive for praying, and our motive for fasting should not be to be seen. Because those in the kingdom have a different motive. So let's think about this first practice, giving to the needy. Look at verse 2 there of chapter 6. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and streets, that they may be praised by others. Now, care for the poor and needy, it's outlined clearly um, in various Old Testament texts, in Leviticus, in Exodus, in Deuteronomy. The prophets Isaiah and Amos um, also speak against God's people for not properly caring for the poor. Giving to the needy was at this time seen as one of the greatest acts of piety, in fact, the greatest act of piety. Now, it is unlikely here that people were actually parading the streets with trumpets. It seems that Jesus is trying to build almost a comical picture to make a point. So, if you can imagine someone walking up the streets of, say, Portadown, they have brass musicians before them, the musicians are playing a great fanfare, and he or she is coming behind shouting, money for the homeless. All of you come and receive from me. Now, they're certainly going to be recognized. They're going to receive attention and I'm sure get many congratulations and well done. And that's the point, this kind of exaggerated picture, it makes the point, as Jesus says, that their motive, it has to be receiving praise from others. Jesus calls them hypocrites. Now, the word hypocrite here it, it means to impersonate someone else. So you are pretending to be someone you are not. In this case, pretending to be generous and kind, when actually that is not your intention at all. One writer refers to a hypocrite as one who treats the world as a stage. So your world your context, the people who you are with, they are the audience for your great performance. They are the ones who are going to give you applause, congratulations, and well done. 
Jesus says, truly I said to you, I have received their reward. If praise from men is what you desire, praise from men is what you will probably get. And the verb to receive means to receive in full. The praise they get from men, that's their full payment. There is nothing more to come. When I was at junior high school, I've possibly told you this before, if I have, I'm I'm sorry, but when I was at junior high school, some now 25 years ago, the school was collecting money for a charity, and I can't even remember now what the charity was. But we had been asked to bring in um, whatever we could to support this charity. So I said to mum and dad, and my dad said to me that before he left for work the next morning, um, he would leave money out for me to bring in. But what I hadn't realised was the next day, the day I was to bring the money in, um, there was also a new bed being delivered to our house, and Dad had also said to my mum, um, I will leave the money out for you in the morning before I go to work. You can see where this is going. So I got up, ready for school, went down to the kitchen, saw a pile of money, picked it up, put it in my pocket, and off I went to school. Mum presumably maybe saw the other money and didn't think anything about it. So I got into school, registration was done, and then we were called up to give our money for charity. And of course, each person went up, um, gave over their coins. Some were more generous, give a fiver, perhaps a tenner. Then Billy Big Bucks here, he walks up um, to the front of the class, pulls out £250 from his blazer pocket. To which the teacher responded, are you sure you, that this was meant for here? Are you sure you were meant to bring all of this in? Presuming and was right that there had been a mistake. I replied, oh yes, yes, my, my dad said he would leave money out for me and this is what I was to bring. Now I was none the wiser until I got home and realised then, of course, that I had taken the money that was meant for the bed and mum was left with a tenner to pay for the bed. And actually, the funniest thing was that the day I brought the money in, the, the VP brought me down to her office to thank me for it. Um, myself and the other person who had contributed the most were front page of the paper, either side of a large charity check. And to top it all off, I was asked to a charity reception dinner with the principal and this other guy because we had contributed the most to charity. And of course, we were never going to take the money back, were we? I mean, can you imagine that? I go back after all this and say, you know, I didn't actually mean to give you so much. Can I, can I have some change? See, the sum was, it was very generous from my dad. It got me a lot of attention, got me recognition, got me thanks, got me praise. But it was not the intention nor the desire to give that sum of money. 
and we've probably received our reward in full. You see, what we're seeing here is that without the right motive, generosity is not enough. But there is another way. It's the kingdom way. Look at verse 3. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. So when you give to the needy, we've already seen we're not to make a show to others. We're not to go out of our way to tell others how much we're giving. But don't even tell ourselves. We're not to make a show to ourselves. We're not to go out of our way to tell ourselves what we're doing. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now you're asking, how can I possibly not know what I myself am doing? Am I supposed to just somehow dip into my pocket in in, in some sort of potluck fashion and give whatever comes out without ever looking at it? Well, no, we're not meant to do that. In fact, we learned earlier this year from 2 Corinthians, there are quite clear principles that teach us we should think through what we're going to give. We should plan to give to the needy. We should do that generously according to our means and regularly. But I think the point here is that we decide what we're going to give and then we we just do it and forget about it. Don't give money away and and then begin to think how much it costs you and and how sacrificial that was and uh, and actually how well you've done to, to give the money when you could have spent it on other things. Just simply decide what you're going to give Forget about it. Don't think about it again. Because, and again I quote Stott, Stott says, self-consciousness, that is, thinking too much about what we are doing, in this case about what we're giving, self-consciousness will deteriorate into self-righteousness. You know, so perhaps we, we put our money in an anonymous envelope so no one else will know what we're giving and we tell ourselves, oh, I've done well hell with that. I've given and no one even knows I've given. I think one, one little practical thing to help us in this regard, I think as we, as we give through the church, um, is, is the standing order system. I think it works really well. I, I don't get any bills through the door at home. I'm sure many of you are the same now. We pay everything to do with the house, the cars, the kids' activities, and so forth. We do that all by direct debit or standing order. And the good thing about that is that I just I simply never have to think about it. The money just goes without ever having to think about it. And as you know, we're a bit of a broken record about it, but giving by standing order to the church is so helpful practically to us. But from this teaching this morning, I was actually thinking there's a real spiritual benefit to that. We simply, again, we we think, we plan out what we're going to give. We do that generously according to our means. And then we just simply set it up and let it go. We don't think about it. Don't think about it again. You're not tempted to say each Sunday, well, here I am and give them a giving again. And I've done well this week considering the week I've had. 
and considering all the other outgoings I've had. I was given a gift of money by a church member when we left Carrick Baptist. And I went to thank the person for the money. And he, he, he kind of looked at me as if, like, why, why are you, you thanking me? And he just simply said to me, it's not mine anyway. And I thought that was just such a good perspective. He could have said many things. He could have said, oh, you're so welcome. He could have said, it was my pleasure to give to you. He could have said, oh, we, we just wanted to do this for you and, and give you a good send-off. And, and probably if he had said those things, I would have thanked him again and again. Now, I'm not saying those comments such as that aren't necessarily displays of self-righteousness. But just that one comment that he did say just seemed to detract all attention away from him. And I believe that is the kingdom attitude of giving. Don't seek praise from others. Don't seek praise from ourselves. And Jesus says, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Those in the kingdom, they're not trying to please others. They're not trying to please themselves. Their desire is to please their Father in heaven. We give to an audience of one. Our Father who is in heaven desiring his reward. And to come back to our opening question, I believe it is this desire that shows us to be truly Christian. It is this desire that allows us to be distinct, perhaps, from the religious establishment or the nominal church and the Gentiles in our religious actions. We're seeking glory from God, not from man. Jesus said in John 5, and they're speaking to the religious leaders, he said, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes only from God? See, unlike the hypocrites who prayed their generous giving to the world audience in hope of applause, those who are in the kingdom of God, they seek glory from God and God alone. So as people of the kingdom, as we consider um, our financial giving to needs, perhaps here in this church, perhaps to other causes that we support, I think there's a few questions we can ask ourselves just to help us in discerning our intentions and really our own hearts in giving. A few simple questions. Why am I doing this? Why am I giving this money? Who is watching? Who is watching? Who, who am I trying to please? Who am I trying to please in this? And what is it that brings me pleasure and satisfaction as I give? 
Jesus says, our Father in heaven will reward us. Now, what is the reward that Jesus is speaking about here? I believe there is a present reward and a future reward. We think back again to the Beatitudes, the beginning of this sermon. And of course there Jesus pronounces blessing, joy, among those who are in the kingdom of God. Surely the reward of living as children of the kingdom is being in the kingdom itself of having relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his glorious resurrection. And again, we think of the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. See, we said earlier that when we desire praise from men, that will be our reward. When we desire righteousness, our reward, our satisfaction is in the righteousness, the righteous act itself. C.S. Lewis, in an essay entitled The Weight of Glory, he says this, he says, the proper rewards are not simply tacked on to the activity for which they are given, but are the activity itself in consummation. You hear that? The proper rewards, they're not simply tacked on to the activity for which they are given, but they are the activity itself in consummation. See, the reward is seeing the full effects of our gift. As we give to the needy, we take pleasure in seeing their needs met and seeing relief brought to others. As we give to evangelism, we take pleasure in seeing needy, lost souls hear the gospel and even come to Jesus Christ. You see, in contrast to the hypocrites who take joy in the praise that comes from relieving the stress of others, Those in the kingdom take joy in others being relieved from stress or whatever it is. And I believe there is a future reward. We read in Matthew 25, and there Jesus speaking about the final judgment and the consummation of the kingdom. We read the king, that is Jesus, will say to those on his right, that's those who are truly in the kingdom, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He says, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. The righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And and when did we see you sick or in prison and, and visit you? 
The king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. Our reward for living as children of the kingdom is the consummation of the kingdom. When we desire God and his glory, we will get God and his glory. And that will be our eternal pleasure and joy. Let's pray together. Our Father and God, we thank you for the relationship that we have with you um, through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the reward of knowing you now, of loving you and of living for you. God, we long to say with the psalmist, there is none that we desire beside you. Father, may this be our desire in giving financially to the needy and indeed in everything in life. But may we be generous givers from the right heart and motive. May we always be aware of all that you have given to us that you have not withheld your only Son. May we not seek praise from others or ourselves, but from our Father who is in heaven. And may you forgive us for the times that we have given to be seen, or we've given under pressure of knowing who will see what we give. Lord, may we indeed be conscious of need around us. Forgive us for selfishness. Glorify your name in us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.